Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Mark chapter 5, please, and verse 21, if you don't mind standing now for the reading of the word of the Lord. Thank you, Tim. That was absolutely incredible. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, and when Jesus was passed over again by a ship to the other side, much people gathered to him, and he was nigh unto the sea, and behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray that you would come and lay hands on her, that she would be healed, and she shall live. That's a statement of faith. She shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, everyone say a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many positions, and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole, his covering, his tunic, his garment. And she said, for she said, if I may but touch him, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body she was healed of that plague, of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned in the press and said, who touched my covering, my clothes. And his disciples said unto him, you see all this multitude thronging thee. Why would you ask who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. Boy, that'll preach. Who has done this thing? But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith Thy faith, your faith, it's your faith that have made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. I want to look back just for a moment at verse 25 and a certain woman which had an issue. I'm going to preach for four hours today. Not really. I'm just going to preach just a short gospel message entitled, America, a woman with an issue. Say that to a few people around you. America, a woman with an issue. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this particular day, this moment, this experience. We thank you for it. Thank you for this encounter with you. We ask you to give us insight today prophetic insight concerning our nation concerning your church have your way in Jesus name everyone give God praise one more time before you sit down come on now you know the Bible says clap your hands and shout to God with a voice of triumph 
Can you lift your voice and clap your hands and give God praise? Father, we praise you today. You may be, you may be seated. God bless you today. Let me, let me just ask you a question. Does your history make you a bad person? If you're a bad person, is it your history or is it your nature that would make you a bad person? Your history does not make you a bad person. Your nature makes you a bad person. History does not make America a bad country. If it did, then history would make creation a bad creation. Because the first family, you have a wife, a woman disobeying God. In the second chapter of the entire Bible. You have a brother killing a brother in the fourth chapter of the first book of the Bible. History does not make creation a bad creation. When I was thinking about this particular day and where we are, my mind went to this particular story. The Bible says there's a certain woman which had an issue. An issue of blood. The word issue there in the Greek means to flow or to run. It means the current of a thing. A current is the strongest part of a stream. An issue. Issues have to do with stuff that runs within us. Different people have different issues. An issue is an outflow of an internal problem. An issue is an outflow of an internal problem. I was thinking about some of the issues we are facing in our nation right now. There's the border issue, the inflation issue, the highest since 1981, the human trafficking issue, 53 people, 53, 53 people found dead in an 18-wheeler in San Antonio, Texas this week. 53 people, children in that truck. We have an issue. We have a gun law issue. We have a school shooting issue. 21 innocent people dead in Uvalde, Texas. That's just one. The same thing happened in New York, in Buffalo, 
boy, I could elaborate on that. I'll go on. 300% increase in gas and diesel prices. I'm just giving you a few issues you know about the pandemic issue and the abortion issue. It sure is quiet in this sanctified church. I expected that. I expected you to be studious today because every preacher in America is treading very lightly today. Mostly because they're intimidated. Mostly because they are afraid they may say something, one thing that may turn a portion of their church against them and they could walk out. If they walk out, their money walks out with them. I had one guy, I was roping yesterday in El Reno at the Oklahoma Championships and a guy came up to me and said, I bet you don't preach on abortion tomorrow. If a nation cannot tell the difference in a man and a woman, if a nation desires that the contrast, the difference between a man and a woman be erased, canceled, then how can you expect that nation to handle an issue like abortion? You can't handle the issue of abortion if, of abortion if you can't tell the difference between a man and a woman. And God created them male and female. I'm a preacher. I'm not a politician. I would never win an office. The fact is, we are a nation at war. We are a nation at war. You've heard me say this before, but music has never been so vile. Why is it allowed for you to have in your songs lyrics that contain phrases like, this girl is a, why is that okay? I, I, I'll move. Music has never been so vile. Movies have never been so violent. The mood of people has never been so mean. I, in my history, have not minded a little traffic arguing. I have been known to honk my horn. Wave with people with 
part of your hand. <laughs> Not me. I'm talking about other folks I've done. I've seen that. I'm not about to argue with you about where you are in the line of traffic. You want in front of me, you go right ahead. Because people will pull their gun out and shoot you. The manners of children have never been so bad. Why is it okay to call your teacher by their first name? The madness of society has never been so evident. The meandering of a generation has never been so apparent. We have issues. Bring back the days of antennas. Y'all remember those big antennas outside of your house? And your dad would look at you and say, go out there and turn the antenna. Because the signal wasn't coming in so clear. And you had to go out there and open the window and turn it. And you're nine years old and you're turning it. And your hands are sweating and your dad's screaming, turn the antenna, son. And then he goes, stop, stop, stop. Go back a little bit, go back a little bit. Does anybody else miss those days where these things were not invented? I miss tin foil. It's now called aluminum foil, but back in the day it was tin foil. Put it on your rabbit ears. You couldn't change a channel like this. You had to actually get up and you had three stations and then they Came out with UHF. They gave us four. We thought the world was coming to an end. <laughs> Channel 33 showed up. <laughs> this country has issues. I remember when we used to spank children. Yeah, it sounded like that. Charles kept it going a little longer. He wanted y'all to know it. It's high sounds. In my house, we didn't have spankings. We had hog killings. The worst sound you ever heard was daddy's belt coming through the loops of his pants. And it sounded like... That's when you started ducking and dodging and screaming it wasn't me. She had an issue. The Bible says she had it for 12 years. 12 years. What's interesting about the story is the first guy mentioned, his name is Jairus. And really, that's how the story starts. Jairus had a daughter who was 12 years old. Really, this story is about two girls, two females, two daughters. Isn't it interesting that where we are in the history of our nation, it seems like women are in the middle of everything. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying 
It's real. Women have always been in the middle of everything. Twelve has to do with government. Twelve in scripture actually means government. The rule. The daughter of Jairus is 12 years old and he's in the process of dealing with issues that have now dominated his daughter to the point of death. I looked at 12 in scripture and found some interesting things. It was in Josiah's 12th year that he began to throw down the high places, hmm. the carved images, the molten images. He began to purify his nation. There are 12 gates to the city, speaks of portals, entrances, 12 pearls, speaks of the price, 12 angels, speak of protection, 12 sons representing 12 tribes that represent a nation. There are 12 apostles, 12 minor prophets, 12 patriarchs from Seth to Noah, and then 12 patriarchs from Sham to Jacob. 12 stones in the breastplate of the high priest, 12 stones in the Jordan after Israel crossed over. Jesus chooses 12 men. The Holy Ghost did not come in the book of Acts until number 12 was found to replace Judas who killed himself. 12 is the number of government. There are 12 hours in a day. There are 12 months to a year. 12 members on a typical court jury. You know, we used to govern our issues. Now our issues are governing us. And she had an issue that was governing her 12 years. The issue dictated things. The issue made people make decisions. The issue told her where she could go and where she could not go. Her issue dictated and dominated her life. Just like America. Our issues dominate our country. All we talk about is our issues. We've got a problem with everything. And there's a problem everywhere. But at some point, somebody, I'm going to leave these notes alone. At some point, somewhere, someone has to say, the issues have dominated long enough. Yeah, see, here's what you must understand, that the redeeming agency for any generation is always the church. Okay, if you don't get that, then you'll never, you'll never, get, you'll never get with this message, see. Because most people treat church like a place you go to show your devotion and every now and then your emotion. The church is an institution that you visit, not that you're a part of. But throughout history, as the great French philosopher once said, if you take the church out of America, 
America will be just like every other country in the world. The church is the redeeming agency of any generation. And until the church says within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. See, here's the problem. We are raising a passive generation of Christians and not a passionate generation of Christians. We're not raising a generation that says we've got to get a hold to God. We're raising a generation of Christians that come to church to be uh, logically stimulated, analytically challenged. You can buy the same books from a psychologist that you can buy from a preacher. There's no revelation. It's all education. It's no revelation. It's just pure information. We've got enough knowledge. We need more understanding. Because without understanding, you cannot apply wisdom. It is time for the church, the redeeming agency of Christ in the earth, to rise up and say, we've got to get back to Jesus. What did you come to preach today, Pastor Rick? Jesus Christ. I came to preach Jesus, not America, not our issues. I've come to preach Jesus because America is a woman with an issue and we need to get back to Jesus Christ. This woman's issue is in overtime. I wrote this stuff down just just this morning. This issue isolated her from pivotal relationships. This is what's happening in America right now. We live in isolation. Right here, you can be in a room full of people and everyone in the room is doing this. There's no relationship, there's no communication, there's no conversation, it's this. You are sitting here with me looking at your phone. The issue isolates us as individuals. We don't even know how to communicate. How are we going to get along? If we can't even communicate, won't even communicate. Hmm. Her issue, limited access and limited associations for her life. Her issue humiliated her. It depleted her resources. Her issue depleted her resources. America, our issues are depleting us. Are y'all are y'all hearing? Do you seeing the parallel? Our issues have drained us. Hmm. And the Bible says she spent all her living trying to find help, but she couldn't find any help. The issue remained in her mind. Everything she did revolved around the issue. Every decision had to be weighed against the issue. Nothing bettered. Nothing was beneficial. Nothing's useful. Nothing is advantageous. No improvement. The feeling of hopelessness. The Bible says, and it takes it a step further, Tim, she grew worse. 
When I look at our nation, all I see is it getting worse. To sink into a condition that is below what is normal. To lower further into corruption. Good God of mercy. To decline from a former state of existence is the deterioration from a previous way of living. She was losing life. America is losing life. I'll just move on real quick and tell you this. You can't carry seed until you can stop the flow. You just missed that right there. So you cannot carry seed until you deal with the issue. Talk, Pastor Rick. I'm going to preach myself happy today. Seed keeps going through until you deal with the issue. The secret is in the seed. You just missed that. The secret is in the seed. It started in the beginning. The first prophecy in scripture is not given by man. It's given by the mouth of God. And it's given to Satan. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her what? Seed. Women don't carry seed. Men do. And a woman cannot have a seed until a man gives it to her. This is a battle that's been going on for all of time. Satan wants the seed. Talk back to me. From the beginning of time, Satan has been after destroying the seed. You cannot produce without seed. Woo! And the issue will not allow you to carry seed. The issues in this country has made us unproductive. Not dysfunctional, unproductive. Woo. But this woman had a goal. I was talking to Giovanna this week about motivation. At the center of motivation is motive. Whew. I got to where in my life I question every relationship that comes to me. What is your motive? Is your motive just to find out stuff about me and get close to me so you can go out and tell other people? Motive is the root of motivation. Behind every motivation, there was a motive. Her motive, she had a goal. You know what her goal was? To be whole, not to be healed. A lot of people want to be healed. They don't want to be whole. Because wholeness requires responsibility. To be healed, you can be healed of a symptom and still have the disease. Wholeness is walking in integrity. Wholeness is walking in maturity. Wholeness is walking in responsibility. Jesus didn't say your faith has made you healed. He said your faith has made you whole. 
but it started with her goal. She said, I want to be whole. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. She didn't say, I want to be healed. She said, I want to be whole. And a lot of people are not getting their healing because they want the healing over the wholeness. You want to get rid of the symptom and not the disease. Christians pray like that in America. Lord, fix our symptoms. All these things I read to you today, those are all symptoms. The issue is we are a nation that has drifted away from God himself. That's the root. That's not the symptom. That's the disease. She said, if I can touch him, I will be made whole. Well, you should study it out in the Greek. That said, Jesus is beautiful. She literally said, if I can just attach myself to something that is attached to him. If I can touch his garment, it's beautiful. It's his mantle. It's his covering. The covering that God has provided in the earth, you're sitting in right now. Isaiah chapter 4 says, and my covering will be on the assemblies of the earth. You're no more covered than when you are in the house of God. See, today you've touched the cover. Oh, Lord. If I can just get to his cover, I'll be made whole. If I can just get to a covering, I will be made whole. You live in a generation of believers that have an island to themselves mentality. I'm independent. I'm my own person. The church and the world sound just alike. I don't need a pastor. I don't need a church family. I'm just a believer that loves Jesus. Yes, you are, but you're not insulated. You're not covered. You're here today. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? You're in the covering of the Lord God Almighty. Talk back to me. Somebody say something. I, you know, I've got an inferiority complex. I need to be encouraged a little bit. And she said, if I can just touch his cover, if I can just touch something that's touching him. See, you're in the right place today because today we touched him. How did we touch him? We touched him when we were worshiping him. We touched him when we were praising him. But guess where you touched him most? You touched him by the feeling of your infirmities. What you are going through has touched him. You brought it to the right place today. You're in the right place if you're carrying a dis-ease. You brought it to the right place. Because today you can walk out without fragmentation. You can walk out without brokenness. You can walk out completely made whole. Lord, let the Holy Ghost show up in this building just for a few minutes here. I'll stop. Good God, I could preach all day. And the Bible says when she touched him, immediately the issue stopped. If my people who are called by my name, shall humble themselves, shall humble themselves, shall humble themselves, shall humble, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will turn and I will heal their land. He didn't say if any people 
He said, if my people, Jesus called this woman daughter. That means you're mine. He's not looking for someone outside the family. He's looking for a daughter. He's looking for a son. He's looking for a church. He's looking for a community of believers. He's looking for someone that will reach and say, we've got to touch you, God, because without you, this issue, this issue is never leaving us. I'll stop. Jesus said, this is wild. Who touched me? Now you're going to tell me this is God in the flesh. You don't know who touched you? Who, who touched me? You're God in the flesh. I think you know who touched you. He didn't say it for him. He said it for her and them. In other words, follow her example. If you want wholeness, if you want healing, do what she, who touched me? When she could no longer hide it, she said, it was me. And then he said these words, daughter, your touch has made you whole. No, he did not. No, he did not. She needed to touch him. He needed her faith. Y'all just missed that right there. She needed to touch him. He needed her faith. He did not say your touch has healed you or your touch has made you whole. He said your faith. Here's the war. Here we go. Here's the war. Are y'all ready for it? Here's the war. This is a fight for your faith. The fight that's going on right now in this country is a faith fight. Where is your faith? How many times did we hear Jesus ask his disciples that question? Where is your faith? denoting the idea that you could be putting belief in the wrong place. If your faith is in the White House, it's going to fail you. If your faith is in the schoolhouse, it's going to fail you. If your faith is in the courthouse, it's going to fail you. But if your faith is in God's word, if your faith is in God, if your faith is in God's house, he is going to show up and he's going to touch you. Your faith has made you whole. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Message Bible says it's impossible to please God, to please God apart from faith. Why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who are after him. The question today is, where's your faith? You know, 
crypto coin. What's the other one, bit something? Yeah, thought y'all would know that. Bitcoin, every kind of coin. Huh. I remember coins like quarters. Silver. They were silver. And on that coin, it said, I don't think it says that on crypto coin. I'm not telling you don't deal with your crypto. Deal with your crypto and your crypto night. Don't care. But it does not say in God we trust. Why? Because coins are being canceled. Before long, there won't be any more coins. There won't be any more paper bills. And the more they go away, the more in God we trust leaves. Every time you used to spend money, you have to read it, honey. In God we trust. She can in no wise help herself. She spent all she had to be better. Where is your faith? Who are you trusting in? Charles Spurgeon said these words. He said, if we cannot believe God when circumstances seem to be against us, we do not believe God at all. If we do not believe God when everything is against us, then we do not believe God at all. Now, it's time for you to get your faith back. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. This is a fight for your faith. America, the enemy is fighting you for your faith. I know hundreds of you are listening to me right now online. The enemy wants your faith. Satan has desire to sift you as wheat. But Jesus said, I have prayed for you. What did he pray? That your faith fail not. Because it's the sifting that will make you lose faith. This nation is being sifted. What used to be absolutes are now negotiable. What used to be convictions are now up for compromise. That's why preachers today across America will not touch what we're talking about today. Because they don't want to offend the wrong group of people. It's a sad day in America when preachers cannot mount pulpits with full confidence and conviction that they are going to preach what God said to preach no matter what happens in their congregation. What happened to absolutes? We've lost our faith. I'm done. Really, I'm done. I love you, church. And, and I, I will say this. You know, I'll come in here next, next few weeks and preach with fire. Holy Ghost will move in here. 
But I was, I was really determined for you to be studious today. And me to talk to you like a man of God and a pastor and tell you America is a woman with an issue. But there's a people in America that are called by his name, that are determined to touch him and determined not to lose their faith. Stand on your feet and let's give God praise, shall we? Let's, let's thank God today. Would you lift your hands, please? Would you lift your hands? Now just tell the Lord, I love you, Jesus. Tell him again. Would you ask him to forgive you? Lord, forgive us for putting our faith in wrong places. <laughs> Lord, convict us about touching you every Sunday and every day of our life with our worship, with our infirmity, with our praise, with our prayer. Help us to touch you until you turn around. Fill these people's heart with fire, God. I hear the Holy Ghost say, put your hands down. Let's put them down. And I hear the Holy Ghost say these words. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear is the initiation of faith. The fact is you don't just walk up to the ledge and jump off. The fact is you're afraid. Then by faith you leap. So the fear that you've been feeling. Don't let the enemy fool you. Listen to me. Perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. You look at your, I don't know about y'all, but I get concerned. I look at what's going on and I get concerned. A little bit afraid. Don't look at me like, Pastor, you need prayer. No, I don't need prayer. You need reality. Paul said these words. On the inside, I'm afraid. But on the outside, I'm fighting. That's me. On the inside, I'm a little afraid of what's going on in this country. But on the outside, I'm going to fight like I'm winning every round. Amen. You fight with your faith. Now lift your hands one more time. Father, remove fear from every life in this building. How will you do it? Show them your love. Pour your love out on them right now, God. Just let them feel unconditional love. That you love them just like they are. And you love them too much to let them stay like they are. Would you wrap your arms around them now, Father, and just, just love on them real good and just pull out all that fear, cast out all fear. God is not giving you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. No fear. No fear. No fear. In Jesus' name. Tim, can you 